1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 13. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what, in part what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. I, when I became a man, I put the ways of, of childhood behind me. For now we see only reflection as in a mirror when we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Good morning. Bon dia. Buenos dias. Bonjour. Guten Morgen. Ohio Gazayamas. Ni hao. Munyurumuno. Chamage. Kumstakana. And I forgot a whole bunch of others. So I used to know several others. Salam alaikum. It is a blessing to be here with you this morning and to hear the desire that you have for missions. Missions, I believe, is the lifeblood of the church. Without it, the church can simply just dry up and will be no more. And so this is a missional church, a mission-minded church, and it is a blessing and an honor to be with you uh, this morning. Um, and, and Paul, thank you for the introduction. Um, I don't know that I'm that wonderful, but <laughs> thank you. Uh, but we do have a few other connections here. I have a cousin here, Ryan. Husband, where are you? That's your brother. Aaron, sorry. Aaron and Devin, and it's been it's been years since I've seen this young man. So, um, but he's my 
first cousin once removed. So his mother is my first cousin. His grandfather, Ken Starnes, and many of you may have met at Western years ago, is my uncle. And, and so we've been up here and visited the church at Central, uh, I want to say, three or four times over the last ten years or so. And it's always been a joy and a blessing to be here with you. Um, I would like to talk a little bit about love. We hear a lot about love in our popular culture. And in fact, uh, um, you know, there are many songs that talk about love. Uh, Love hurts. Love stings. Love is a battlefield. Uh, Love is a many splendored thing. I've heard a child once say love is a many splintered thing. But love is is something that we hear a lot about in our popular culture and our popular music. Love is something that we read about in poetry. Uh, in my uh, uh, the day that I proposed to my wife many years ago, uh, I recited a poem to her that I had memorized. And, and of course, now I can't remember the poem, but uh, it was, it, you know, it talked about love. Love has wings and love can fly. And so I recited this poem to her before I proposed to her. So love is a very popular thing. We see it in art. Uh, we, we, we hear it in music. We read it in, in our poetry, in our literature. And so it is something that we are familiar with, at least to some degree. And then Jesus, Jesus one day said in John chapter 34, a new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one one another. It's John 13, verses 34 and 35. And so what is Jesus saying? A new command I give you. It's to love one another. But love is something that has been around since the very beginning of time. It's popular in our culture today. It's pop, it was popular in cultures thousands of years ago as well. And in the Bible, we can find that love is talked about about 550 times, roughly. And over half of those are in the Old Testament. You see, love is not just a New Testament concept. It was also in the Old Testament. So I want to read to you a verse from Leviticus. Leviticus 18, excuse me, chapter 19, verse 18. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And so even, and and there are other passages that we can look at, but even in the Old Testament, we find this concept of love many times. I have um, uh, uh, some comments from some children uh, from a study that was done several years ago where they would talk to children. They would ask children, what is love? What is the meaning of love? And so I want to read some of these to you and you'll have to forgive me because I actually have it in Spanish. So I have to translate it and 
I won't read it in Spanish. I usually am going from English to Spanish. This time I'm going from Spanish to English. Uh, so forgive me if I stumble a little bit on some of these. Um, Rebecca, eight-year-old Rebecca, when asked, what is love? She said, love is when my grandfather gets down on his hands and knees and helps my grandmother with her socks and shoes. Because my grandmother has arthritis, she cannot do it herself. But my grandfather also has arthritis. And he's still willing to get on the floor and endure the pain and help grandmother with her socks and shoes. That's love, Rebecca said. Uh, Five-year-old Carl said, Love is when a girl puts on a lot of perfume and a boy puts on a lot of cologne and they go out and they smell each other. Four-year-old Terry. Four-year-old Terry is, love is what makes you smile when you're tired. Seven-year-old Bobby said, love is that feeling in the room after Christmas. After you've opened all the presents and the gifts and all the excitement and, and, and that calmness in the room at Christmas time. That's love. Six-year-old Nika said that if you want to learn what, how to love somebody better, then you need to start with the person that you hate. That's pretty insightful, I think, for a six-year-old. Um, let's see. Oh, here's a good one. Four-year-old Lauren says, Love is when my... I know that my older sister loves me because she's always giving me her old clothes and going out and buying new ones. Eight-year-old Jessica said, You can't say I love you if you don't mean it. But if you do say it, and if it's true, then you need to say it a lot. And then, let's see, one more. Um, oh, here we go. Seven-year-old Chris said, Love is when my mama looks at my daddy, and he's all sweaty and stinky, and she says, That's the handsomest man in the world. That's what love is, according to Lauren. So children have their own concept of what love is, just like we do. There was another study done by a gentleman named Leo Buscaglia. And they were looking for the most cariñoso child, the most loving or caring child uh, that they could find. And they ran across a, a four-year-old little boy who would go next door to his neighbor's house. His neighbor was a very elderly gentleman whose wife had passed away. And he would just go over and sit with the gentleman, crawl up on his lap and sit with him. And then he'd go home. And the next day he'd go back over, crawl up on the gentleman's lap and sit with him. Finally, the mother asked him one day, son, what are you doing? He said, I'm helping him cry. Love. Love is something that we've tried to grasp or, or get a handle on for many years, for many centuries. It's something that our culture is constantly seeking and looking for, right? If, if, if young people, if you've never been in love, then it's probably... Uh, some wise advice. It's a choice, not a feeling. If you've been married for any number of time, you know that sometimes it really is a choice. Uh, you don't always have feelings of love for this individual, but you've chosen, you've made a commitment to love them. 
Uh, I, I was working for a church down in Mississippi many years ago, and there was a, a couple in the church, and he had been an alcoholic many years prior and would beat his wife and, and things like that. And so I was telling her one day, love is a choice, and she just laughed at me. And I said, did you feel love for your husband when he was beating you? And she said, no. But you stayed with him, and you were committed to making it work. And she said, you're right. It is a choice, not a feeling. So young people, just a piece of advice. You're not always going to feel love. Uh, but uh, and that's a whole other topic for another time. So Jesus says, back in John chapter 13, a new command I give you is to love one another. So what is new about this command? What is new about this command? It's not a concept that is old. I'm sorry, it's not a concept that is new. It's an old concept. It's a very popular concept. We can find it reference to many times in the Bible. And Jesus says, a new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And then a little bit later on in chapter 15, Jesus says, uh, chapter 15, verse 12, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. That he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learn from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command that you love one another. This this phrase, this new command that Jesus uses in chapter 13 is only found four times in the Bible uh, here in John chapter 13 and then twice in first John and once in second John. And each of these instances, it is talking about love in some way. And so what is a new command? What is the new command that Jesus is giving us? To love one another as I have loved you. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? Jesus went to the cross for us, right? Jesus sacrificed everything for us, right? He, he endured it all. We sing songs about it. How He went to the cross for us. God so loved the world that He gave us His only begotten Son. And so if we are to love one another as I have loved you, that takes it to a whole other level that I don't know that we're comfortable with. Do we really understand what that means? Perhaps a, a good example of that is, is in Ephesians chapter 5. Paul is talking about how husbands and lives, wives are to love one another. Right? And that, in fact, that whole passage starts in, uh, with 
with the paraphrase, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And sometimes as guys, we get kind of caught up on the, well, I'm the head. I'm the head of, of my wife, right? Sorry, I'm speaking, speaking with my southern accent. <laughs> and he says, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Guys, if we really understand what that means, then our, our whole concept of what it means to be the head changes. Our whole concept of what it means to give up ourselves like Christ did changes. Years ago, I wanted to buy a, um, a Corvette. Uh, we, we didn't have any money. We just had a baby. And, and uh, this guy had a Corvette. He was going to sell it to me for a great price. And my wife was like, no, we, we can't afford it. You can't put a car seat. You can't put a baby seat in the back seat because there is no back seat. So it wasn't a very good family car. Uh, she wanted to, uh, excuse me, I wanted to buy it. Well, you know what an Austin Mini is, I'm assuming. It's a British car. Austin Mini pickup. And, and that's her dream car. She wants to own an Austin Mini one day. And so I thought, well, here's a pickup, Austin Mini pickup. Surely we could find a use for this. So I was thinking about buying this. And she said, no, we don't have the money for it. We can't even really use it because where we are in Ecuador, this was in Ecuador, the road is too bumpy. And so you would just scrape the bottom of the road the whole time because it's so close to the ground. And besides that, it's too small. I'm driving kind of like this, you know, because it's so small. I wanted to buy a horse a number of years ago. She said, no, we can't afford it. You don't have time to take care of it. Now, sometimes she does say yes. Uh, so I don't want her to sound like, a, you know, she's always putting the axe down on, on everything. But because of my love for her, because I'm willing to sacrifice what I want, I'm willing to sacrifice my ego and take it to the cross. My love for her takes on a very different meaning. It's easy for her to respect me as her husband, as the head, when I am willing to sacrifice all of me. Because that's what Jesus did. Love each other. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. And then we find this in John chapter 13. Love one another as I have loved you. When we understand, and I don't think we do, when we understand what that means, it brings a whole nother meaning to what it means to love. When we understand that we need to sacrifice everything, because that's what Jesus did. Our example, do you ever, you ever skipped a rock? Do they skip rocks in, in Africa? I don't I don't know. It's been a long time since I've been there. Uh, we, we, you know, as kids, we'd skip rocks on, on the pond or on the lake or on a river and the rock would just skip along. I think that's where we are with love sometimes in the church. We have a very surface understanding of what it means to love one another or to, to love in general. But at some point, that rock sinks down to the bottom, to the depths. And I think that's what Jesus is trying to get out here. At some point, he wants us to understand that love has to sink way down deep into our hearts in order for it to change who we are. 
He says, go in verse 15, that no greater love has any man than when he lays down his life for his friends. And then he says, you are my friends. And then what does he do? He goes and he lays down his life for his friends, right? So what does it mean to love? What does it mean to love? I don't know that I'm able to really answer that for myself. I do hope, if nothing else this morning, that you will take some time to really think about what it is, what it means. If Jesus is our example and he went to the cross, then what should we be doing? You see, the Bible talks so much about love, how we are to to uh, love God. The most important commandment, Tim mentioned this earlier, the most important commandment that, that we've been given is to love God, right? And then the second is love our neighbor. That's that's why we are here. That's why we do mission work. That's 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 why we serve is is to love our neighbor. Right. And young people in marriage, FYI, the closest neighbor you will ever have is your spouse. OK, so just remember that. <laughs> and Jesus says a new command I give you. So I don't know that it's necessarily new. Love itself is not necessarily new. But how we are to practice it, how we are to implement it, how it is to take our hearts and shape and mold our lives is something new and different. Love is not a, 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 love is not something that we can demand from one another. Love is something that we give. Bible talks about how we are to to love God, love our neighbor. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, love your husbands, love your children. Right. We've all heard these lessons. Love your enemies. You see, Jesus is taking something that we're familiar with, something that is important to us and trying to. Let it take root in our lives. In a deeper level, because he says in verse 13, listen to this. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Verse 35. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What does this community know about this church? I don't know. I don't live here. I'm the foreigner. I, I understand. I'm, I'm not Canadian. By the way, if, if there's potluck and you're bringing ethnic food, I love ethnic food. Okay? Even Canadian food for me is ethnic food. So, so you know, I, I look forward to trying, trying ethnic food. For, so bring food from wherever you are. Sorry, that's a little side bit, I know. But love one another as I have loved you. And the world will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Does the world know, does this community know that you are God's disciples by how you love each other? I've seen a lot of churches. I've been a part of a lot of churches. I've heard a lot of stories that a lot of times, and I know some of you have too, the folks in the church don't always love each other. Right? I mean, 
Some of you are nodding your heads. Yes, we've seen it. We've been there. Well, where are you right now? Where's where's this church right now? Is this a church where the members love each other? Because if they, if that's so, then the world will know that you are God's disciples. It's not because of all of the, the great activities and outreach and programs. I mean, that's important too because that's part of loving our neighbor, right? But in this passage, Jesus is saying, love one another as I have loved you. This kind of love is the kind of love that you get down on your hands and knees for your brother in Christ and you help him muck out the gunk in their home. You help him muck out or, or, or clean out the muck in, in, in their lives. This kind of love that Jesus is talking about is specifically for your brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the kind of love that you will give everything to make sure that they are taken care of, that they have what they need, that they are helped. This is the kind of love that will help somebody cry. And so I have to ask you, what kind of church is the Central Church? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm a missionary. We're, we're trying to raise funds and, and that sort of thing. That's not what I'm trying to do right now. I, I believe very strongly that God, or Jesus, excuse me, Christ established the church here on this earth for a reason. And I think one of those reasons, yes, is to serve and to help. But another reason was so that we could demonstrate to this world something different, something new, something extraordinary. And this world will know that we are God's disciples. God is love. This world will know that we are his disciples by how we love each other. And so I'm very passionate about trying to encourage our churches and encourage our fellowship in the churches of Christ to 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 forget about all the stuff that's opinions. And let's focus on on what is really important. Love God, love your neighbor. And Jesus says, love one another. You know, there's so much more in here about how you are to love each other. As, as Christians, then, then how you're not to, to love one another. I'm going to look at this passage in 1 Corinthians one last time before we close. 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Have you ever traveled in, in a car with four children or several small children across the country or on an airplane across the ocean? And Then you know what clanging sim, gongs and cymbals sound like, right? <laughs> Just all that racket in the car. Without love, that's what we are. Racket. Noise. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge... And if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, say it with me, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surround my body to the, or surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Are you patient with each other? 
Love is kind. Are you kind to one another? I've, I've seen times when our brothers have not been very kind to each other. Love does not boast. It's not proud. It is not rude. The key, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. I've heard of people taking lists of, oh, so-and-so did this, and so-and-so did this, and so-and-so did this, keeping records of wrongs. That's not love. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It, is, it, it always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. And so again, the question is, does this world, does this community know who you are by how you love one another? So this morning, I'm going to leave you with that. Are you a body of believers that is, that is rude, self-seeking, I don't think so, the little that I know you. And I don't know that I'd be able to answer that anyways. Or are you a body of believers that loves one another? Are you willing to help one another when there's a need? I recently was visiting a friend who who was attending a church and... and, um, there was a sister in the church who, you know, the, the person that's always giving, always giving. Somebody's sick, they're, they're giving, they're taking a meal to them. Uh, they're, they're preparing the meals at the church building. And she was always giving, 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 giving. And then she ended up getting sick herself and was out for two months. And nobody at the church visited her. And they ended up going to another church. Are we the kind of church... That is demonstrating to the world that we are God's disciples because of how we love one another? Are you helping your brothers and sisters in Christ with what they need? Are you, are you helping them cry? Are you laughing with them? It's not, a, it's not a, uh, an irony that, that Paul uses the example of family to describe the body of Christ. And what's a family do? Sometimes... We, we, we fight and sometimes we argue, yes. But because we are family, we stay together and we are committed and we love each other despite our faults. We love each other despite how we've wronged one another. We forgive each other. You see, love is something that is so deep and so profound that Jesus had to tell his people that it's a new command in how you do it. It is not something that we can just think of lightly. So this morning, I, I, I want to encourage you all and leave you with the question of how are you loving one another? If you have uh, somebody that you need to talk to, show love. Christ, as our example, said, love as I have loved you.
And He took it to the cross. For me, there, that, that is probably the, 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 the best example, the only example of what love truly is. If you have something, you need to take it to the cross with your brother and say, I'm sorry. Or let me help you. Or forgive me. When we can practice that kind of love, this world will know that we are God's disciples by how we love one another. Father, this morning I, I, I want to uh, encourage um, my brothers and sisters here this morning to, to show love, to practice love, to, to live it. Help us, Lord, to understand what it truly means to love one another. Thank You for sending Your Son. Because of Him, we, we, we are called to something grander, to something bigger, to something uh, more impactful, more important. We are called to love. And we pray these things in His name. Amen.